0: There's a new vision for secondary education, and to quote Gene Eddy, there's a revolution ahead that is centered on the way that we create and deliver education experiences to kids. Those experiences can and will include self-discovery and career exploration and be focused on their individual needs, goals, and passions. You're listening to the Getting Smart Podcast, and I'm Tom Bandarok, and today we're joined by Gene Eddy. She's the CEO of American Student Assistance, also known as ASA and she's the author of a great new book called crisis proofing today's learners reimagining career education to prepare kids for tomorrow's world Jean what a treat to have you on the podcast
1: my pleasure really happy to be here
0: I love this book Jean it was so good it's just the best pathways book that uh, that I've seen it's just it's more than that it's actually like I said in the intro it I think it's a new vision for secondary education. So I'm really excited to talk to you today.
1: That's high praise coming from you. I'll try to live up to it.
0: Gene, <laughs> I, I get the sense that um, having followed you and and ASA um, really for almost 20 years, that that, that there's a, a backstory here. I guess how did um, how did you and ASA come to understand the, the centrality of career exploration and identity development to uh, secondary education?
1: Uh, I think that there were a couple of things going on concurrently. Um, I was a board member at ASA for a number of years. But while I was a board member at ASA, I worked in higher education. And I worked with lots and lots of kids. And it is fair to say that I, I met more than my share of young people who are on a college campus and they had no idea why. They really didn't know what they were there for. They decided that well maybe this is going to be okay because I'll figure it out while I'm here. Um, Along the way they changed majors a few times. If they might have changed majors a few times and had a good outcome but they might graduate from college and still not know what they wanted to do. Or then on the worst side of the spectrum, you had a young person who was at college, didn't know what they were going to do, and decided after taking out loan after loan, that they really didn't know why they were there, so they dropped out. And then they had no way to pay this loan back, at least not easily. At ASA, as a a guarantor, the work of ASA was to help young people figure out how to repay their loans in the best possible way so that they could have a life. And I was devoted to my board seat there because I'm very, very dedicated, have been for my entire adult life to young people in their education journey. And so I was hearing stories about borrowers saying, you know, I wish I had known then. I borrowed way too much money and now I'm doing this and there's no way I'm going to pay it back or I wish someone had told me, or this has taken me way too long. And so this was really a convergence of two things that happened to me. So I'm in in higher ed feeling very struggling about we can do a better job in getting these kids prepared before they come onto a college campus. And then when I was asked to be CEO of American Student Assistance, I saw firsthand what borrowers were saying about this. And so we decided to do a bit of research to to figure out how could we get ahead of this problem rather than putting a Band-Aid on at the end.
0: You've, you've really become the most important advocate for uh, career exploration starting in the middle grades. How, how, what convicted you that the middle grades were a, an important place to start?
1: Um, when we were doing the research that I just talked about, it was very clear, and I was reading all kinds of studies that, frankly, I never had access to up until that point in time, and found out that the, the brain of a seventh or eighth grader is almost as fertile as a baby's. that they, they are just like sponges, they can take things in. Not only can they take things in, but they're still curious. They're not wedded to, this is what my friends say, this is what my friends want to do. They are willing to go out, take a chance, go out and do some discovery and figure out if something makes sense to them. So, and then to have it verified, I mean, I've talked to amazing people in this space. You know, Nancy Deutsch at um, University of Virginia, Lizette Neves um, at NYU, experts in the middle school space, the middle school brain, um, they, they're really on to something. And so we decided that it had to be then, that we had a chance then to influence what might happen.
0: Gene, I, I just spent uh, three days visiting the Cajon Valley uh, USD schools in in San Diego, and they really take your vision all the way to kindergarten and immerse young people in 54 career exploration units between kindergarten and eighth grade. Um, and so they really have, as you suggest in your book, they really put this idea of career exploration and identity development uh, at, at the heart of the work.
1: The, the folks at, in Cajon Valley are my kind of people. Um, when I first met them, I said, oh, my word, we have to do something together. Um, the simple fact that they can focus, as do we, on helping young people figure out what their talents and abilities are, are, but moreover, what they love to do, and then be able to introduce them to all kinds of things that that line up with those interests and passions, Um, that's just like the best yet. And so if you go into their classrooms and you see the way the, the teachers are approaching every single subject in that fashion and make it relevant, I mean, think of how many kids today say, you know, I'm never going to use this again, particularly I always pick on algebra, never going to use this again, how, why do I have to take this, et cetera, and then you walk into an algebra class and someone makes it relevant, or someone brings in a speaker and says, I do this and I use this in my day-to-day. Suddenly you get kids, you know, perking up and saying, yeah, I can see myself in that. So I love Cajon Valley, love them.
0: Gene, uh, if there's still a few listeners that aren't quite sure uh, what this looks like, you have provided this list of questions that high school students should be able to answer. And I, I have to read these because they are so good, um, but I think they're really provocative. So here, here's the questions that high school students should be able to answer from, uh, from your book, crisis-proofing today's learners. What am I good at? Uh, what would I like to be better, become better at? What motivates me? Um, how do I work best? What can I see myself doing when I'm older and what specifically do I need to do to make that happen? What skills will I need to reach my goals? I love this one. What difference do I want to make in the world? Where can my skills and contributions fit into existing structures or do I want to build a new structure i.e. Uh, entrepreneurship, um, what, what kinds of life and living can I have in the areas that I want to pursue? I love those questions. Um, it's such a vivid, wonderful list, but it really does suggest a, a new mission for school. If we put those questions front and center I, th- I think it suggests an, a new agenda, a new mission. Do you see it that way?
1: Oh, I absolutely do. But I, moreover, I think that in, in conversations that I've had, experiences that I've been fortunate enough to have in the last year, there were an awful lot of teachers, principals, and superintendents who were thinking the same way. You know, this is, going, this is going to require an awful lot of folks coming together to change how we approach this problem in our schools, but I think that I think that teaching faculty are up for it. I really do, and I say faculty because I believe that whether you are teaching seventh grade or you're teaching seniors in high school, you are a faculty member within that system, and you have the power to make some change
0: are um are, are there a couple other examples of schools or systems where you You think they're encouraging questions like this?
1: I mean, the the first is, you know, we've worked extensively with some schools, particularly in the center of Massachusetts, um, where we, in in the first case, we were approached by a superintendent of schools who really was bothered by some of these issues and was, was seeing that we were bothered by it as well. And so she wanted us to come together and join forces with her which is what we ended up doing, creating some exploration classes for her in 7th and 8th grade so that every kid in 7th and 8th grade could go through those classes. And those questions were being asked and answered. Um, and In some cases, kids could identify things that absolutely had them off the charts excited and some of them that just bored them to death. But that's all fine, well, and good because that's what the whole process is and i and i should have to say that i i have to do a shout out to tacoma washington i listen to some of those folks and the programs that they are providing right now in their high schools and that's what needs to happen large scale and i think it can happen large scale because well i think if we all pull together it can and i'm really not trying to be i'm not trying to be kumbaya when i say that but i do think it's going to take Educators, it's
0: going to take parents, it's going to take policymakers to be able to make this change. Gina, um, I was in Kansas City last week, and you know I spend a lot of time there. Um, there's 85 high schools working together to add more real-world learning uh, to their high schools, and and I see them adding. Um, internships and client connected projects and entrepreneurial experiences and um, all of those schools are beginning to uh, invite kids to ask these these kind of career exploration and identity development questions and the great thing I saw last week is that they're beginning to to push these both experiences and questions down into the middle grades and and in some cases even the elementary grade. So it it does feel like there's momentum around the country, around uh, work-based learning, around career exploration, uh, and around these questions that you've offered up. Gene, I I was really struck by um, how your book opened with uncertainty. Uh, You had this quote that just stopped me in my tracks. You said, it's the one thing that nearly every kid leaves high school with, uh, do you think young people are experiencing, is it a new level of uncertainty, and, and is that why um, adaptability and that adaptability mindset is so central to your book?
1: I, I think kids have always left high school with uncertainty. I think it is a huge step. I think it's a huge part of someone's transition. So I think it's there's always been uncertainty involved. But think about what kids have been going through in the last number of years. I mean, the pandemic is something that most of us have not had not seen in our lifetimes. And these kids were basically, you know, pushed out of school into Zoom world. Some of them did really well, some of them did not do so well. Not only that. We have a country that is pretty divided right now. And and I would have to say that that plays out in households, you know, across this nation It plays out that way. We also have war on two fronts. We have Ukraine, and we have what's going on in Israel and Hamas. There is an awful lot of uncertainty right now for young people. And in all the research we've done at ASA, as we have you know, surveyed kids and worked with kids, talked with kids from middle school on, the level of stress that these kids feel gets larger and larger and larger, so that by the time they hit senior year in high school, they're really stressed out, and that that just breeds this uncertainty about what happens next.
0: Gene, um, I, I want to go back to the, the opening quote um, from your conclusion. The conclusion is called a powerful vision. In that conclusion, um, you, you also suggested some new metrics. You, you suggest that success in the future in this new vision will be measured on the competency that kids build in their skills and on the progress they feel that they're making and reaching their goals. Number two, and number three, the confidence that they feel when making decisions about what comes next. So, um, competency and progress on goals and path—the confidence of being on a path—as those are an interesting new set of metrics for this new vision. Is is that right?
1: Yes, I will. I, I absolutely believe that. I, I think that. Kids, well, first and foremost, every young person needs to understand that in the world that we are living in right now, there has to be some kind of uh, post-secondary education. There has to be some learning that's going on. And with the, the changes that we see, particularly in tech, with AI, etc., there is going to be lots and lots of change. And so one of the things I talk about in the book is the fact that kids... People need to be adaptable. They need to be able to adapt to and continue to learn as they are going through as they are going through their own process. As they are going down their own pathway. You know, a pathway can be many, many things. And one of one of the things that I talk about a lot is, and in fact, I was at uh, I was at a meeting a few weeks ago where someone wanted to know from everybody in the room, what did you want to be when you grew up? And my response to that was, I don't like that question anymore. My question is, what do you love to do? What are you good at? Let's start from there. Because that's the beginning of building that pathway. And so if you can start to build that pathway in in that way, really knowing yourself, think about it. How many times has someone, or even when you were a kid, when I was a kid, asked you what you really love to do, what you were good at? Most of the time, that was not the case. And, you know, you looked around, I looked around, and you said, well, okay, what do I want to be when I grow up? This is, um, I can just look at the people that I know, so maybe it's going to be a teacher or what was what my mom did or my dad did or something like that. But we really didn't have much of a broader base than that. So to develop that pathway and to be able to do it while you are in school to be able to be exposed to a whole host of things gives you the ability to go into many, many situations. Now, I'll also talk about the, you know, the durable skills, skills, the soft skills. Those kinds of things we really need to focus on more in, in school, in everything we do, because those are the things that are going to help someone be able to stay true to what they want to do and love to do, but how to get there and how to set
0: that goalpost as far as how to get there. Uh, in Chapter 5, you call those the skills that will change the world and adaptability, communication, um, problem-solving, um, and self-knowledge. I So I love that list. Um, and, and back to this idea of path-building, your Chapter 2, I love the title, it's called A-plus A to A-Path. Um, that's really trying to shift kids' mindsets from, you know, getting that A, doing whatever you have to do to get the A, uh, to, to, to really owning the, the learning journey that they're on. And it really does change the school experience. It it makes teachers, you know, co-authors of learning experiences and pathways, and it makes learners co-authors of um, of their own learning journey. And that's really a new way to think about Secondary education. So I love this idea of path building.
1: Well, it also has everything to do with that relevance I talked about. You know, it's, it's pretty tough to get disconnected if you really can see your way forward in what you were doing in this class. It's really tough. And, and that's, what, that's what we need to be fostering.
0: On uh, on both of these topics, on on career exploration and path building, and on skill building, uh, Gene, you, ASA has launched some really great uh, digital resources um, a- available direct to students. Uh, t- talk about why you launched Evolve Me and what it includes, what it's in for, wh- what it's for, and why. You thought it was important to go uh, direct the teen with these kind of resources.
1: Um, You know, I think that we can all agree that systems change takes time. You know, our our school systems and the structures around our schools were developed hundreds of years ago, and while we have a lot of forward-thinking teachers, superintendents, principals, etc., we don't have something that ensures that every kid has an opportunity to be able to go out and do some self-discovery and start to build their own reason for being. And so we decided that we would start a program to meet kids where they were. And as we all know, anybody who's anywhere near a middle school kid knows that where they are is on their phone. Whether that's good or whether that's bad remains to be seen. But we know that they're on their phones at least four hours a day. So we figured, why don't we try to give them something fun to do that will let them go exploring, help them self identify with things, and show them a world of opportunity out there that aligns with their skills and interests. So what we did initially was we went out and we created videos. We have 27 of them that basically just have kids be able to watch other kids do things, whether it's to follow a lawyer or to to someone who's in a pitch competition, whatever it may happen to be. And people will say, kids really want to see that? Well, again, if you look at how many kids sit and watch videos of kids playing video games, you'll soon realize that this is kind of an, an entry point. And if they get interested enough in the kinds of things you show them, then maybe they want to take the next step. So what we did was we introduced videos, and then we introduced something called Futurescape. And Futurescape basically allows kids to do games, puzzles, have some fun, which I'm all about fun. If You know, most of us, if we're having fun, for good or bad, we're learning something. So we introduced Futurescape puzzles, games, and in the background, they are absolutely identifying kids' skills and interests, which is exactly what we're hoping for. And once they come through a gateway, they are thrown into what looks like a planetarium. And there are big planets and small planets and glowing planets, etc. And those things identify the big glowing planet, identifies all the career areas that a person would be interested, a kid might be interested in that aligns with his interests and passions. And then they can go look to see, they can listen to someone who does it every day. They can see what kind of education that they need. They can go out and look for internships. They can do a whole host of things. And we created Evolve Me because we realized that. In order to make sure that kids could take all those steps for the journey that would build that pathway, we needed to give them more things to do. And so now they can interview for a job if they want. They can get a mentor if they want to. They can figure out how to do their first budget. There are a whole host of things they can do. I think we now have 90 different things that young people can do. And as of today, we have 15 million young people using these platforms. And I think it's got everything to do with the fact that they can have fun, they can feel as though they're doing it within their own space, they can take it or leave it. And the beauty of it is it doesn't replace anything that happens in a classroom, it just enhances it.
0: Jean, uh, you you started working on this uh, book a couple years ago and I think when you Started the project. It was obvious that AI was ubiquitous in the in the corporate sector and the in the tech stack. It was everywhere, but it really hadn't broken through to the consumer market. And we're we're now twelve months into this explosion of generative AI. Um, it, you may have had a chance to include a, a bit of that in the in the book, but do do you have any additional reflections? Is there like a gen AI epilogue, um, a- any thoughts on on what AI means that, that you'd want to add in terms of career exploration and identity development?
1: I think that kids, you know, one of the things I talk about in the book is digital fluency. And I absolutely believe that every kid coming out of high school, every kid needs it. And I also think that they need to be able to analyze data. Similarly, I believe that we have to give kids the tools they need. I think that there are many, many good uses of AI. But I also think that kids need to understand how to maximize its use. And I think there is going to be an area that is going to require an awful lot of training and investigation about how one does that. But make no mistake, for as many things, as many advances as we may see with AI, there are also going to be humans that are going to have to be able to manage that. And that's going to be part of the skills base that every young person needs. One of the things that's interesting in EvolveMe is we have an interview platform, and kids can go out and interview um, for various things, whether they want an internship or job, apprenticeship, whatever it may happen to be. They are given the choice of interviewing with a human or with a robot. And what do you think they choose? A robot, every time.
0: I I think you nailed the skills section, Gene, and I, that's why I was really struck by the, the choice of adaptability is your adaptability first, uh, as you said in, in chapter five. I, I think Gen AI um, probably requires that more than, than anything else. We're talking to Jean Eddy, she's the CEO at ASA. She has a great new book out called Crisis Proofing Today's Learners, Reimagining Career Education to Prepare Kids for Tomorrow's World. Every ed leader, uh, community leader ought to read this book. I think parents would love it. I think teenagers would uh, get a lot out of it. Um, Jean, what's, what's the big takeaway or maybe the suggested next step that you'd like to see
1: more models, more models out there, more people wanting to take a chance on making change.
0: I love that your book does a great job of describing how to do it. Lots of examples of how you can put career exploration and identity development uh, at the heart of secondary education. Gene, we appreciate you and the whole. ASA team for all the all that you do. Your uh, book is terrific. Um, thanks for all the conferences that you support. You support a lot of terrific organizations. that Evolve Me has just done a great job of uh, providing so many resources direct to teenagers. Um, thanks for all the things that you're doing. I want to give a word of thanks to our producer, Mason Pasha, and the whole Getting Smart team that make this possible. And until next week, keep learning, keep leading, and keep innovating for equity. Thanks for tuning in to the Getting Smart podcast today. We want this podcast to be actionable, insightful, and a great way to learn about what's next in learning. In order to stay on the cutting edge, we need people in the field to tell us what they're hearing, what they're wanting, and what they're needing to learn more about. Got a topic or a guest in mind? Send your recommendations to me, Mason, at gettingsmart.com. And if you like what you're hearing, don't forget to leave a review in Apple Podcasts or subscribe wherever you listen. Feel free to share the podcast on social media using the hashtag GSPodcasts. Thanks so much.